listening to Downworlder Dish, a Shadowhunter Chronicles podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 132, where we will be discussing chapter 22 of Clockwork Princess, Thunder in the Trumpet. <laughs> I'm Kristen. I'm Robin. And I'm Amanda. Thunder in the Trumpet, really? That <laughs> sounds like a euphemism. <laughs> oh, getting jiggy with it. <laughs> Oh my gosh, we're so sorry that uh, today's episode was delayed. Um, the night we were supposed to record, uh, we I had a little bit of a family emergency. Uh, my grandma's roommate, in quotes, her roommate <laughs> of 30 years, <laughs> um, fell and had to be taken to the hospital. Uh, so... Um, it, it was a little bit of chaos, and I had to go stay with her and do all that jazz. And You're her emotional support animal. Mm. Yes. In the <laughs> nicest, best way. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Love it. Yes. I am. So I, I stayed with her and slept on a, you know, 30-year-old bed. Um, yeah. It was good. But, you know, like, it's interesting. It's, it's interesting to see, like, a glimpse into – people of a certain age's life (laughs) okay okay okay. because like they like you know leave a light on in the living room because you know if they have to get up in the middle of the night like so they don't have to turn on a light and accidentally fall right but the room I was sleeping in didn't have a door (laughs) (laughs) so like I was downstairs but like the living room light upstairs was on and so like but like I was like right in front of the 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 stairs so you know there was a little bit of it was enough light to be annoying because I sleep in pitch black right uh-huh yeah <laughs> it's one of those things and they have Not a little nightlight they have this fucking clock you guys Ugh. you guys <laughs> it's like one of those ones that chimes every half hour and then on the hour my dad it- <laughs> has one of those and it does the hour so it's like yes! six times yes! oh my god I remember that as a kid I was like laying in bed like Jesus fucking Christ I feel like I am insane like I'm going like clockwork orange I'm going insane (laughs) my grandparents had one of those clocks too (gasps) and it's so loud it's so loud but like you know not to this (laughs) right right Uh, yeah so I mean it was it was good we had a little slumber party but I was expecting her to go to bed early you know because when you're almost 80 you would think (laughs) you know that you'd go to bed at a reasonable time oh nay nay she was like oh no we're having a sleepover so she's talking she was up until like 10 30 I'm like girl I'm tired It's night it night time. My bedtime. Yeah. yeah. And then of course That's I awesome. lay down. She goes in her room. I lay down and I'm in the room like right outside of her room. And so I lay down and I'm, you know, like, I'm like, okay, I'm really tired. But then I was like too tired to go to sleep and I'm in like a different place. I'm not at home. You know, they don't have air. Con- they have like wall or like window air conditioners. And I'm used to like, Ugh. mind you, I like it warm, but my husband is like, a, a cold-blooded lizard that doesn't like heat like whatever the opposite of that is you, you know what I mean like he's just he wants it like cold 
So our bedroom's yeah. always like 66 at night and pitch black. And I've got, gotten like accustomed yeah. to like sleeping like that. Even though that's not really my like natural state, I'm because I'm like constantly burritoed. But then, of course, I'm in a situation where it's the opposite, right? There's light and it's a little warm, and it, it wasn't like hot or anything, but it was like a little warm. And I was just like, God, I I have like, I have changed. <laughs> <laughs> just these little tiny things can make it so you don't fall asleep yeah. anymore. That's so funny. <laughs> like what the. Dude, this is the the couple times I've traveled for work. It's like I miss the snoring. Like it's too quiet. Uh Huh? I can't go to sleep. (laughs) You need the fan and all that stuff that you have at home. And yep, I agree. That's like when we went on our vacation. I was telling Andy, I was like, "There's nothing like spending a lot of money just to be excited to come back home." (laughs) Right. You can spend all this money on vacation, and then you're just like, I can't wait to get back to the place I spend all my fucking time. I can't wait to get back to that one pillow I've had for eight and a half years, and I won't switch out, even though I've bought more pillows and tried them, but they're never as comfortable as my old pillow. Yep. Mine's 15 years old. (laughs) I took it to the hospital when I had both of my kids. Yep. I was going to say, I did the same thing. Mine went to the hospital with me. This is a legacy pillow, okay? Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I stole it from Andy like the first time I stayed the night at his house, and it just became my pillow. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah. Uh, well, I'm glad everybody's okay. Yeah, everything. Everybody's okay. He he's back from the hospital now. Um, they didn't really like fight. It, it was an issue with his back and. He couldn't get up, and it was, like, a whole thing. So, but he's doing better now. So, they're at home. I went and visited them today um, after work, and they're back to their bullshit. <laughs> I love it. They're, they're sitting there bickering at each other. Like, you know, one of them's trying okay. to tell a story, and the other one's like, that's not how it went. Like, you know. <laughs> they're back to their I love it. They're back on their shit. <laughs> Dude, I love it. My grandparents used to call each other by their first names, their Christian names, if you will. And it always just got me, dude. So I've never done that in a relationship unless I was like, I have talked, I have tried to bespoke your pet name thrice and you are not listening. Yeah. And so then we'll do it. And so it was always like, Mary. And I was like, dude, gets me every time. (laughs) It's just classic. Is everyone's grandma named Mary? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, mine weren't. Mine weren't, but <laughs> but I think most people. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh, that's great. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. So, well, I guess let's cut the chit chat and kick things off. Unless anybody else has any, I just totally monopolized that nope. conversation. Yep, okay. <laughs> I think we all wanted to hear your update more than anything yeah. else. For sure. <laughs> About the fucking the damn cuckoo clock. <laughs> Or whatever the, yeah. the grandfather clock. Well, that's why it they is. call it cuckoo clock because it drives Ew. you cuckoo. It does. <laughs> so let's kick things off with Robin's recap. Previously on Downworld or Dish. I'm going to disclaimer everything today that I wrote this like four or five days ago and I did not reread it. So. <laughs> We're just going to go in. And I, I know I typoed originally, and I saw the red lines, and I just ignored it. So we're going to have a good time. <laughs> I love that everybody knows what that is, the mm-hmm. red lines. 
Dude. <laughs> okay, I'm ready now. Whew. Okay. Will, see, Will, <laughs> Tessa, and Magnus run their way into Morty's he shed to see the melee unfolding with all the demon bots. Will writes a note to pen to Tessa's shirt that is addressed as care of Magnus Bane and jumps in to assist his sister. Tessa is observing from afar when she spots a ghost from her past. Literally. Jimothan Carstairs. <laughs> she pulls away from Magnus to rush to help and gets kidnapped by Armorous. The ex-Parabo tries reunite and hold their own against the automatons while Cecily and Magnus huddle around the Branwells. Magnus deploys his Violet Parr-esque bubble of protection while they make their game plan. Henry Henry's Victorian EMP comes in clutch as Magnus yells to rally the troops and everything is going to plan when motherfucking Mort Party Pooper Maine comes in and ruins everything. He calls forth for his bride-to-be, who is dragged to attention by a reluctant armorous. Tessa tries to plead with Mortmain to keep her friends alive, and the terms are shaky? Tessa pretends to agree to his ridiculous compromise of having all of the Shadowhunter friends live as prisoners when she decides that she has had it up to her eyebrows with his motherfucking man and his motherfucking high jinx, okay? She's donezo. So she does what any half-Shadowhunter, half-demon would do and turns into Ethereal, going into a giant... And just fucking raging on Mortmain's stupid ass. With his death, all the automatons are unincarnated. And Tessa tries to ch -ch -ch change back. But she's lost in the heavenly fire. Oh my gosh. <sighs> Craziness. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Especially Mortmain's bridge to be, which is what I wrote. A bridge, <laughs> right? I was like, what? <laughs> So, Tetchas? Wow. <laughs> All of us today. Mm -hmm. So, Tessa's catching some much-needed Zs, but that heavenly fire she caught from Ethereal has her kicking the covers off. Like, same girl. Like, I burrito when I sleep, and then about 2 o'clock... All of the covers need to be off. It's very hot. Why does that happen? In Even when you take a nap, the temperature doesn't change, but you're always hot at yep. the end of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. My theory is that we just wake up before we spontaneously combust. <laughs> I really think that. The feminine um, rage. Yeah. <laughs> that is better, but I think your temperature fluctuates depending on which sleep cycle you're entering into. Oh, I bet you're right. Absolutely. Yeah, okay. Logic and yep. brains. Dude, we work at a mattress store. You got to know that shit. Yeah. I feel like we've we've learned that before in some sort of a training. That does sound right. Yeah. <laughs> this sounds okay, familiar. Thanks. Yeah. I like feminist rage. Better. Yeah. <laughs> in her restless sleep, she dreams of heaven. And I think it's heaven. Honestly, it sounds more like a fucking nightmare to me. <laughs> um, Y'all yeah. can keep your razor blade clouds. Like, no thanks. <laughs> And through the pain and the night terrors, Will's voice rings out, pleading, Tessa, wake up. I don't like this. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize to your eardrums. <laughs> so she tries to reach out to him and her fingers catch on fire and turn into ash. Woohoo! <laughs> it really sounds like a super hospitable place. <laughs> 
from Tessa's point of view to Charlotte, sitting vigil over Tessa, applying a cold compress to her feverish forehead, just being, like, the most caregivery caregiver. Yes. And Brother Enoch is there, like, I don't know, checking her vitals? I don't know why he's just fucking standing there. He's just watching her at this point. Just to be a creep. Yeah. He's, like, poking her with a stick. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's not moving. His staff. He's like, what? Oh, my God, yeah. It's like on Friends when they, they had to poke ugly naked guy to make sure oh he's still God. alive. Oh, yes. <laughs> so I don't really know what exactly his function is there at this point. Um, but he offers no help, um, explaining to Charlotte that they just have to let the, uh, quote, angels fire run its course and nothing can be done to speed it up. But he's like 90% sure she'll live. <laughs> Okay, I'm paraphrasing. Obviously, he didn't say that. But here's the gist. So, by all accounts, she should have definitely, most definitely, for sure died. Um, But she's got that sweet, sweet Shadowhunter blood mixed with her demon blood. And she was protected by the angel whose fire she's burning up with. So, if you didn't think that she was the luckiest girl on Earth because both Jem Carstairs and Will Herondale are in love with her, then this should probably do it. Right? (laughs) Right. Totally. That cake's been iced. <laughs> ice, ice baby. <sighs> Sorry, you, you can't say that and expect me not to say. I mean, that's true. That's fair. <laughs> I like that you were also doing the running man. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, in my chair. Like, let's, yeah. let's not get crazy. <laughs> uh, crazy. Oh, my God. Okay, sidebar. Have you seen that? woman who does the fucking like old school dances and she like teaches she's like no no on tiktok and she did like the ice ice baby dance and then the salt and pepper push it no oh i I have to find it and send it to you i think i've seen her she's like she does it like in her kitchen yeah she's like she's like older like not old but like she's like gen x or whatever uh-huh. And she's like, no, you kids, you can't, you can't twerk to salt and pepper. Like, absolutely not. <laughs> and so she like shows the actual dance and she like is like doing it, like breaking it down. And then she's like, oh, fuck, I'm tired. <laughs> like, it's so relatable. <laughs> it's the <For> best. Real. <laughs> <sighs> okay. So Charlotte's replaying what went down in the mountain uh, from her perspective, because we got it from Tessa's. So from her perspective, uh, Tessa exploded in a column of fire. And when she was done squashing the man who had the audacity to try and take away her autonomy, take fucking note, she uh, collapsed her clothes hanging in tatters. And I'm sorry, her clothes survived the righteous fire of heaven and her growing the size of like the Statue of Liberty. Like I'm guessing, but like it was he was it at least a story about up, her right? clothes tearing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, there was there was more than side boob. <laughs> For sure. Like her whole corset must have like come out at the 37 seams. Like <laughs> <laughs> It's like when you get that pair of like Walmart sweatpants and you have to like the first thing you do is you put them on around your knees and then break the seams out of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So they just pop out. Dude, I always do that. I'm like, yeah, now you're comfy. (laughs) Absolutely. Why pants don't all have one thick, solid piece of elastic on them? Like, that's beyond me. (laughs) We want three inches of elastic, okay? (laughs) 
But like the soft stuff, like not the super yeah. tight stuff, the, the real soft yeah. stretch. <laughs> I basically want to feel like I'm not wearing anything. <laughs> Absolutely. So, uh, okay. So back to the important part, like her clothes aren't what's important right now. It usually, usually her clothes are what's important, but not today. (laughs) (laughs) So like WTF, what the fuck? Why did I say WTF? I think I just shortened it. So (laughs) like what the fuck happened after Mortmain's? Oh, okay. Okay. Back to the important part. Like, this is all one sentence, what the hell happened after Mortmain's belated death? Because that shit sure wasn't untimely. That motherfucker was old. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I wonder when he, no, he got squished. It would have been nice if he got unmagicked and then he got, like, he aged all the years all at once and then turned into dust like Melisandre. Like, I yeah, agree. Yeah, the red woman. Yeah. 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 Okay, it made me think of um, the terrible mom from Tangled. Like the fake, oh, the okay. yeah. her. Yeah. Yeah. She also did that. I don't know. I, I can't feel remember. like they just called her mother the whole time. Mother. Like she did. Mother G- Gothel, right? Yeah. Gothel. That's what it was. Yeah. Okay. You are right. You Good job. are not the weakest link. You can stay. <laughs> <laughs> Disney me up, baby. <sighs> so when Morty died, the magic he'd wielded uh, began to unravel. And the automatons, like, de-animated or disanimated. I I don't really know which one it is, but they (laughs) (laughs) unanimated. And his super secret bat cave started closing up shop. I don't know why, but I guess it did. So Will scoops Tessa up. She's, like, all burnt to a crisp. And he's like, oh, no, I've seen all this before. It's fine. Um, And (laughs) Magnus spits some blue fire and uh, Henry helps make the portal back to the Institute where more silent brothers are waiting for them. And they whisked Tessa and Henry off, leaving everyone else to run, like, every single worst-case scenario over in their heads, like, indefinitely at this point. Mm-hmm. And Will couldn't take it, so he turned to Jem. But Brother Enoch, Parabro blocks him. And <laughs> Jem isn't James Carstairs anymore, you guys. <laughs> He's Brother Zachariah, and he's gots to go. (laughs) I was going to ask a really dumb question. What? And I was like, how did the Silent Brothers know they needed to be there? Because the fucking hive mind, bitch, that's how. (laughs) They are the Borg, okay? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So after Brother Zachariah leaves, Will spills the tea on Tessa's ancestry results. So, like... Mm. <laughs> for 23 and me yeah <laughs> like some long lost family secrets being exposed like it's an episode of mari <laughs> so meanwhile in london tessa's great grandfather didn't fare so well having been slain along with the consul and uh many others in the council massacre before the automatons uh fell upon mortmain's demise i said feel <laughs> like they feel they felt him up uh it's it's sad because you know she'll never like aloysius will never be able to 
be in Tessa's life, but like not that Tessa really wanted this like creepy racist like piece of human garbage. (laughs) Like yeah, yeah. (laughs) like maybe not. Yeah, I mean, obviously at the end he was getting better, but it didn't explain or didn't uh, take away from everything else. No, no, he's he still he still did the murders. (laughs) Mm, Yep. (laughs) So we that's so Raven back to the present. And uh, I'm going to read this little excerpt. Uh, This is a Charlotte kind of like as she's hanging out at Tessa's bedside. Part demon and part shadow hunter, Charlotte murmured. Now, gazing down at Tessa, what does that make her? And this is uh, Brother Enoch. Nephilim Nephilim blood is dominant. A new kind of shadow hunter. New is not always a bad thing, Charlotte. So he's like reassuring her. And the reason I wanted to like quote this section is because I feel like this is going to come in handy. This little... Like, Snippet is going to come in handy in later, in, like, the later series, just to show that, like, maybe at the Victorian times, maybe they weren't as big of assholes as the modern day people can sometimes be. (laughs) (laughs) So I'd like us just to remember this. (laughs) Okay. Dog ear this moment. Yes. (laughs) So they'd even tried healing runes on Tessa, right? Like, they did their best um but they just disappeared into her skin because they were like well she's shadow hunter so like maybe nay nay her demon blood like soaked that stuff up like crazy so even her clockwork angel couldn't help her now as brother enoch explained uh ethereal had been freed and was no longer bound to tessa's life um he even went on to close the pretty little plot hole explaining that if she tried to change into the angel again she'd definitely for sure die um so no super godlike powers for you tessie like nay nay right mm-hmm. you are not part angel now no no <laughs> <laughs> oh and henry he's alive you guys i'm sorry i bury the lead <laughs> He is good. Um, he won't walk again, but something tells me that that's not going to slow him down. Like, it's Henry. I don't think he's going to. I mean, I think it's going to slow him down a little bit. Ah, you know, <laughs> I don't think so. I think later in the chapter, we will have a solution. Okay. <laughs> so Tessa calls out for Jem in her, like, fever dream. Uh, and it's the perfect opportunity for Charlotte to pry. But Brother Brother Enoch slaps it down like, no, 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 not in my house. <laughs> not in my house. <laughs> That's what it was. I was, I, yeah. I, I have the meme in my head, but like, I didn't, I don't have the audio. <laughs> it's Matumbo. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> so he's like, no, he's Brother Zachariah now. Like, you need to forget about him. And Charlotte says, uh, Forget him. I cannot forget him, said Charlotte. He is not as your other brothers, Enoch. You know that. The ri- the rituals that make a silent brother are our deepest secrets. Like, Sorry, I couldn't think of another. Like, that's my italicized voice. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking in a <laughs> Just make him sound like an old, like, witch that's inviting you on a side quest. <laughs> 
asking to know of your rituals, Charlotte said. Yet I know the most that most silent brothers sever their ties to their mortal lives before they enter the brotherhood. But James could not do that. He still has that which tethers him to this world. She looked down at Tessa, her eyelids fluttering as she breathed harshly. It is a cord that ties each of them to the other. And unless it is dissolved properly, I fear it may harm them both. Okay. That's really fucking depressing, Charlotte. Thanks. Could you not? (sighs) So to me, it it makes me wonder, like, does that mean that usually people don't become silent brothers until their families are dead or something? Like, I'm the last one. I might as well become a silent brother sort of thing. Or 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 they, they like, sever, like, they, they like, have the conversation and whatever. And Jem didn't have that opportunity because he was so sick. Okay. Okay, that makes sense. But, I mean, also, you would think that they would wait until everyone died. I mean, if you're going to be able to, like, live forever, right? Like. Yeah. I mean, I guess it depends. Like, does your body stop? Like, is it like, let me talk. So, like, if you become a silent brother at 16, then you have a 16-year-old body forever? Or is it, like, 80 and you got an 80-year-old body forever? Oh, that's a good question. Or do you go back to your prime? Yeah. Or is it, like, warlock status? Yeah. Where you, like, you're just, aren't they all, like, about 20-something? Isn't that what you said? Or I just am imagining it. I don't know. I feel like that's right. Maybe? Warlocks. Oh, warlocks. Oh, yes, warlocks. Yeah, yeah. They, like, stop aging around 19. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Huh. Okay. But then, okay, my point of that is basically if you were going to be an 80-year-old man forever, then, like, no thanks. Yeah, true. Good point. Yeah, yeah. I'll change at, like, 40. (sighs) You know what I just thought of? This is really uncomfortable for me. So if if we, it, like, yes, that's what it has been said, that warlocks, like, stop aging, like, right around, like, 19 to 20-ish, like, right around that era. But then I'm like, that would mean that Ragnar looks super young. And in my head, Ragnar is, like, 38. Like, like 38, like, the young professor, like, you know, he wears tweed. I don't know. Like Jude Law's Dumbledore? Yes! Fuck! I love that you you have an inside view. Like, there's a window in my forehead to my brain. <laughs> it's like a Tool album cover. Yeah. <laughs> what did it's he say? It's an image of DMT. Sorry. Like... Okay, so down the hall, Will is slowly trying to drive Henry mad with poems about love so great that it could raise the dead. (laughs) Why is he reading out loud? That is so annoying. I think he's reading to Henry. Yeah, like like, he thinks he's comforting him. Yeah, because like Henry's convalescing, but Henry's actually just busy at work. (laughs) He's like, this is not, can I change the Spotify station? Alexa, next. (laughs) (laughs) Henry's too busy inventing himself a wheelchair that can traverse stairs because he's that kind of genius. So he can go downstairs to the crypt and work on his shit. He's like, I can't miss a minute of work. Like, I can't. Right. (laughs) And we can't bring it all up here, clearly. That would be wrong. No. (laughs) He wants to be the crypt keeper still. (laughs) 
Yeah. I'm pretty sure the drawing room is much more flammable than the crypt. (laughs) That's fair. That's a good point. I mean, to be honest, though, he built a fucking portal. I think he can build something as simple as something that climbs stairs. Yeah, for sure. Not that it's simple, but comparatively. Like, in his mind. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I can't hang a picture level, but Henry's got this. Same. Oh, my gosh. So uh, he's too busy to listen to Will prattle on with yet another depressing poem. Luckily, he's saved by the Charlotte. Unfortunately, their unwavering love only reminds Will of his own not-so-perfect romantic situation. (laughs) He's like, ah, shucks, I shouldn't hate you for being in love, but I kind of (laughs) do. We've been there. Before he can excuse himself, though, to go, like, you know, sit and wax poetic about Tessa um, at her bedside. Uh, Sophie ushers in the quiz master. Uh, what a pleasant surprise. Yes. Listen, are you making a reference to Sabrina the Teenage Witch right there? Because if you're not, you should say that yes, you are. Yes, of course I am. <laughs> okay, absolutely. Absolutely. I think I remember that episode actually. Now that now that I say it out loud, I- it's a couple episodes. It's it's a plot device. Oh, shit. It's part. Okay, you, gotcha. You fucked up, dude. <laughs> Audrey asked me. She's like, if you could only watch like three like TV series over and over, that was one of them. That's one that I would watch. Ooh, wait. Okay, okay, this is good for a sidebar. What are the other two? Yes, it is. I said Game of Thrones. I think. Uh huh. Because it's like long okay. and it's got. And I said Sabrina the Teenage Witch. What was the other one? Doctor Who. That's what I said. Mm. Okay. Amanda, our TV queen. I mean, The Office, obviously. That's a good one. Um, Lost. I miss watching Lost. Like, I miss trying to figure out what the hell happened. I, if I could go back in time and rewatch it without knowing what happened. If I could turn back time. Yeah, I don't, I've never seen it, and I don't know how it ends. So oh, it's You could so watch good. it through me. Yeah, it's so good. Oh, God, I don't know. You go, and I'll find my last one. Okay. Um, Let's see. These are hard. I would say Gilmore Girls, but watching the four seasons ruined the rest of the show for me. So I can't okay. go back and watch it anymore. Hmm, okay. Huh. So it wasn't Rory that ruined it for you because that's well, what ruined it. For yeah, me. Rory in the last in the four no, seasons special, the entire yeah. series. See, I agree, but I watched it when I was young, and so like I didn't see any of that. I didn't see any okay. of her toxic traits. That's fair. So I, I can't do that. Um, probably. Fuck. God she put me it. on the spot too, bro. Ah, yeah, <laughs> that's this hard. Is so hard. Normal people is one of them. Um, God, that was so good. I watched it twice in a row. Like, that's how good it was. I watched the whole thing twice in a row. Is that the one where I was just like, I can't watch this? Yes. Yes. (laughs) It hurt my feelings. (laughs) That's fair. Um, I don't know. Game of Thrones, I guess, but like, I hate the last season. Mm -hmm. I know, but it's like everything else is good. But everything else is so good. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. And there's lots. There's lots to it. Each each episode is like over an hour. Like there's a lot of meat. And Parks and Rec, I think. 
never okay. seen that all the way. Oh. I started watching it and I turned Fuck. it off. Same. I I tried watching it once and I only got the first episode and I was like, eh, whatever. And then I went back to it and I loved it. Huh. But it's because I have like a deep, deep passion for Ron Swanson. <laughs> Okay. That is not what I thought you were going to say. I, um. Nick Offerman is, like, the most amazing. I never see. I didn't get to the point where he was really in it a lot. So maybe I need to, like. Okay. He's so funny. So funny. Like, I don't agree with anything he says, but I love him so much. (laughs) Oh, that's great. I'm assuming he's the Dwight Schrute sort of character. No, he's like a he's like a hyper libertarian, like only eats red meat, doesn't eat any like doesn't eat vegetables, like <laughs> drinks okay. single malt whiskey, like <laughs> that guy. Is that That's who great. you married? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Except my husband is not a libertarian. No, That's I know, great. I know, right, I know. Right. But <laughs> Oh jeez. That's oh. awesome. Okay, I'm going to finish mine. I'm going to take back Lost. I'm going to say The Office, Seinfeld, and Law and Order SVU. <laughs> That's not fair. There's like 47 seasons. <laughs> I've seen all of them at least twice. <laughs> oh, oh. Scratch, Game of Thrones, Vikings. Oh, wait, okay, Sons of okay. Anarchy. Fuck. And Friends. Nobody said Friends either. Nah. I just. It doesn't <laughs> age well. I tried I love watching friends, it again and I was like, this yeah, isn't exactly. as funny. I'm offended by a lot of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and I know it was the 90s, but they actually issued an apology recently about um, the way they portrayed Chandler's dad. Yeah. Because they kept referring to him as his dad. Yeah. And she was, you know, she wanted to be referred to as a woman. And that just wasn't. Uh-huh. Wasn't cool. She's like, I'm sorry. Like, I didn't know better back then. Basically, yeah. right. I just read that in the news the other day. Yeah, I re the I rewatched <laughs> the news. I rewatched it a f- like a couple of years. Ago. I think it was during the pandemic. At some point, I because mm-hmm. it was like on uh, one of the streaming services or whatever. And I was just like, Ugh. I was like, this is not as good. I I kind of feel like I'm ruining this show by rewatching it. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? I never yep. saw it, so I watched it before it was taken off Netflix because mm, I had never watched uh-huh. it as a kid, or whatever. Yeah, however yep. old we were when that was on, dude. Frasier, yeah, Seinfeld, and Friends raised me. Okay, Frasier, yeah, <laughs> Frasier was a, was a good kid. one. <laughs> yep, I learned everything Niles. I know about being an adult from those shows. <laughs> it didn't bode well for my twenties. <laughs> I'm listening. <laughs> You've heard all my stories. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, my God. That Where was fun. Thank you, Robin. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Sorry, Quizmaster. my bad. No, it's okay. And so it's highly unusual for the Quizzle to make a house call. So everyone's like, oh, shit. He hands Charlotte a letter that she absolutely has to read right this second. And Okay, totally- toddler with fruit snacks. Right. I don't have time to open this right now. <laughs> that is my life. It totally couldn't have waited. It's super duper urgent. 
And he just stands there waiting for her to read it. Like when you're in a room full of people and you text your bestie to talk shit and then stare at them until they read it and look up at you. It's like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, that's okay, the so best have- thing with Zoom now. Because it's all like that you can see just move your hands underneath the camera. Yep. Nobody knows what you're doing. <laughs> it's totally true. So I am going to spoil a little something that's later in this chapter. So it's not really spoiling. But obviously we learn later that he wrote the letter, right? So like, why couldn't he just go there and talk to her? Why? <laughs> Here, read what I wrote you. It's fucking weird. <laughs> I don't know. It's like a former, for, formal, like, She has to fill out the form. Offer letter? <laughs> Offer letter? Check yes or no. Oh my God. George Strait. <laughs> <laughs> it's an employee declaration. Declaration yeah. of hire. Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, so anyway will notices the scar on the inquisitor's face that he hadn't he didn't have before which must have been from the battle at the council meeting i feel like he just had to like there just needed to be something to be like he's not perfectly fine after this horrible massacre that we just called i i don't know i mean how is it already a scar didn't it happen like two days ago the erotzi Oh, fuck. Okay. They got healing magic. That was I supposed forgot. to be like paparazzi, but I... Erotzi. <laughs> that was really good. I don't know if it was the same tune, but that was the that was what I was going for. Oh. oh, my gosh. Okay, so, of course, thinking of Morty's automatons brings up thoughts of Tessa. They got freaky in the mountain when they thought they were going to die, but they didn't define the relationship. Uh, so when they got back to the Institute, things were a little awkward. Okay. <laughs> Quote, being neither brother nor husband, he could only stand and stare after her, closing and unclosing his blood-stained hands. Never had he felt more hopeless. So, like, they took her away and he was just like, ah, do I stay? Do I go? <laughs> Do I stay or do I go now? It was really awkward. (laughs) But that was just like while they were triaging her, kind of. Thank you. Investigating was the only word I could think of. Thank you. Discovery. Yeah. Because we know that they don't have the same, like, I'm saying this word wrong potentially, but like sense of propriety as normal Victorians do. Right. So like, I'm sure he could visit her in her sick room and like all this other stuff. It was just in the moment. Yeah. When they were like working on her, like he couldn't go back in the, like the emergency room, like the swinging doors. Okay. Right. You couldn't like scrub up. Clear. Scrub down. I don't know how you say that. Scrub in. Scrub up. Scrub Ah. in. Yeah. What you said. Amanda. (laughs) Ooh, Grey's Anatomy. No. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Okay. Sorry. Okay, so Will just Scandal. completely feeling. Oh, I never watched all of that. Oh, it's so good. Okay, sorry. Okay, okay. I'm gonna be thinking about this all fucking night. Thanks. It's basically impossible to pick three. Okay. It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah, that's why you have to pick comedies, really, because then it's just something that'll keep you laughing, no matter how many times you hear it. You're just like, oh, that Kramer. <laughs> Kramer. <laughs> like Happy Gilmore. Exactly. We watched Grown Ups the other day, and I was like, dude, this shit is gold, bro. So good. Meet the Millers <laughs> is the one, or We're the Millers. That's uh-huh. the yeah. one that, when yep. it's on TV, no matter where it's at in 
the movie, we stop we stop the channel and we just sit there and watch it. That's a good one. <laughs> I really like Jason Sudeikis. Yeah. Same. He's hilarious. Yeah. Ted Lasso. Have you been watching Ted Lasso? Yes, yeah. I fucking love Ted Lasso. So Maybe funny. that's one of my favorites. I don't know. I can't decide. <sighs> yeah. I know. I know. This could go on forever. <laughs> okay. So Will is feeling super helpless, and normally he would turn to Jem to give him strength. But he, like, turns and Jem is gone, obviously. And Jem is headed back to the silent city without even saying goodbye. Which, ouch. But I'm assuming that wasn't his choice. Right. Mm -hmm. So, but, like, is he already getting to the point where he's just like, I know I have to go? Or do you think they had to tell him, like, no, you gotta go? They probably told him. Yeah. Well, Cecily tries to comfort him, Will, but he's so angry about the whole, like, Jem situation, Jem turning into a silent brother. Um, He's mad at Jem. He's mad at the silent brothers, like, for letting it happen. But, like, bro, he's alive. You thought he was dead and you're mad? Like, I don't know. I I get it. He's kind of, like, betrayed because he never talked to him about it. Like, Jem as far as we knew as readers, which is I'm assuming what Will knew that he did not want to be a silent brother. Yeah. Yeah. He was ready to go. He was ready to go and it was, he didn't want anything to do with it. And obviously, okay. I said, obviously like I know I've never been in a situation where I am in mortal peril, but I'm assuming your mind changes when you're like really faced with something like that. And he chose Mm -hmm. to do something else. And maybe knowing Tessa's immortal is part of that. Like it's part of his decision that he made with that. I don't know. Maybe that could have changed, but um, I think Will feels left out of, he was left out of the decision. And so I think right. he's kind of has some betrayal about that, but I think he is happy that he's alive. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would think he has to be, uh-huh. it's just, it's, it's that thing where it's like you, you, they're right there and you just can't do anything about it. Yeah. You know, it's just, mm-hmm. <sighs> so Will's mind starts to wander. And of course it goes towards Tessa And um, he's quickly pulled out of his shower thoughts by Charlotte opening the letter. Like, the tearing of the paper just, like, snaps him out of it. And he probably sat there and, like, shook his head really quick to get it out. Mm -hmm. Get the the thoughts out. That's what I do. Yep. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So Charlotte reads the letter and asks Quizzy2000 if this is some kind of joke. And he's like, what do I look like? A clown? (laughs) (laughs) I assure you that it's not a joke. And Henry's like, hey, hey, I'm still here. Tell me what's going on. (laughs) Tell me everything. But his question goes unanswered because, of course, we don't get to find out either. So annoying. So Quizzy wants to talk to Charlotte alone. And um, I think this came because he noticed Will was there. Like he it finally clicked that Will was there. Um, but Charlotte's like, no, anything you can say in front of me, you can say in front of them, basically. Mm -hmm. And, um, obviously this is the moment they've all been waiting for. They want to know what happens, like what the council has decided to do with the Institute after all of the shit that went down the last few days. Shenanigans. Yeah. But Will is not like us. I initially (laughs) said like me, but we're all the same. So Yeah. (laughs) And he decides to be the bigger person and miss out on the cheese mate. And he's like, yeah, I was planning on heading out anyway, so I'll just go. What? No. Not cool. <laughs> Who are you? Yeah. <laughs> so he leaves the room and his mind is just racing about what could be happening. Because, of course, he 
did want to stay because who wouldn't want to know what's going on? Obviously, even Henry is like, like a like a dog hopping up, like, hey, hey, that's what I'm imagining. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> So, yeah, so what, like, Will's just thinking, like, what would happen if the Institute is taken from Charlotte? And again, his mind starts to wander about, like, what would happen if Tessa doesn't make it? And he can't even let himself finish that thought, which, yeah, I've had that before. So he thinks, like, maybe Cecily and I will go back to Wales and be normal Mondays because life without my gang wouldn't be Shadowhunter life anyway. So fucking My sad. Clip. But also, I mean, like, I guess they could, could go, go back, back to their parents. Mm-hmm. I could never I go back. I I don't know. I guess I, I mean, went from partying it would to be... being a mom. That's kind of like yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's time for him to settle down <laughs> at seventeen, the ripe old age. Yeah. <laughs> so. Tessa, we go into Tessa's mind now, and Tessa can actually hear Sophie's vo- voice telling her to wake up. And she's slightly able to open her eyes, and she can see that she's in her room at the Institute, but she quickly falls back into darkness, and that's all we get from Tessa. So obviously we know at least she's there a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. She's not just completely lost. And then off we go to Gabriel and Cecily, which is obviously where we all want to go. So let's Mm -hmm. do this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Gabriel tracks Cecily down um, and she's in the stable where she's spending time with Baileos. Baileos. I have a hard time with that every time. Sorry if that's wrong. We say it differently. All of us do, but it's fine. (laughs) I don't think it's Bailey because the I is after the L. So it's got to be Balios. Yep. Okay, anyway, so as soon as Cecily sees Gabriel, she assumes something's wrong with Will because he just has, like, a look on his face. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. It's this constipated um, look. What is that? (laughs) (laughs) Like, what's wrong with your face? (laughs) It's just how I look, bro. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so... um, Cecily is upset because she hasn't been able to, like, obviously Will's fine, but she's upset that she hasn't been able to get through to Will, obviously. He's just lost in his own mind. So much has happened. He fucked his best friend's girl, and his best friend's still alive, and what now? (laughs) Do you think he told her that? No. No. Cecily? Yeah. No, but, I mean, they talk about it down a little bit. The two of them do basically like obviously gabriel or will is in love with tessa so they've clearly they know that something anything. has changed yeah, yeah, yeah exactly yeah, yeah. okay so i don't know what could have changed when it tessa's been out of it well basically. and cecily noticed so, that before mm-hmm. that's true that's yeah. a good point anyway i'm so sorry I forgot about that but nope, nobody knows totally what happened agree. in the mountain your part yeah <laughs> although i do but wonder have I. <laughs> I do wonder if like They've speculated. Uh-huh. I'm sure. Because, I mean, I would. Obviously. I would make stuff up. <laughs> yeah. I would make up whatever narrative sounded sport. better. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, um, Gabriel tells um, Cecily that Will's fine, obviously. And he is talking with Jem at the moment. So, obviously, we must be reading, like, each 
person's insert stage whatever at this like in the same timeline this is all happening at once mm-hmm. basically mm-hmm. because we know the gem left anyway so to break the silence gabriel goes in with a shitty weird comment about cecily liking the horse like you must really like that horse <laughs> and are you a it's, horse girl yeah <laughs> hungry girl fucking nerd what's the fha kid Yes, yes, a future farmer of America. <laughs> Dude, I always the, wanted the cow an got into an onion patch. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! So yeah, so basically, he kind of describes to us that his dad basically taught him to make weird fucking jokes to try to get the girl, which is probably why his dad was with demons, because it doesn't work. <laughs> that was not funny. My husband is funny, and that's how he got me. He didn't ask me if I liked a horse. Okay. <laughs> and my last name was Stables. <laughs> it would have been the perfect segue. It would have been the perfect end. <laughs> that's all, folks. Join us next time. Yeah. Wait, I have a question. This kind of sort of is adjacent to horses. Do you remember Lisa Frank? <laughs> Who for? Yeah, obviously, yes. Like the person? <laughs> like the peachy. And yes, of I course. still call it a peachy. <sighs> That's what it's called. I'm a fucking old person. <laughs> I just I feel like all the horse girls always had Lisa Frank stuff. I mean, that's all we could afford. They were like eight cents. We, I never got Lisa Frank. We always got the sports ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the like... Yeah. I, I think that's like what they those were actually called peachies it was those like eight okay. cent ones yeah yeah <laughs> it's got like the 80s like clip art shit. i remember for my birthday <laughs> mm-hmm. i got a lisa frank's like sticker collection collector's thing and then i am me so i never so put the stickers on everything yep. of course of course yep. you can't you gotta save them just in case yeah, it's like every time things. I get a fucking notebook because I've got there's something in my lizard brain that's like it's too nice to write in. <laughs> you yeah. have 47 of them. <laughs> yeah. I literally this is my TikTok, you guys. I watched a video of this guy that had the same issue. He has all these stickers and he's like I'm afraid to put them on something and change my mind. So he bought magnets and put them on the magnets and then just like cut out the magnets so he could put them on stuff. Like it took him so long, but that is so something I would do. <laughs> I love it. Dude, I had a bunch of Dutch bro stickers, like a ton of them. And I came home one day and he Omar was putting them on the pole in the garage. Okay. And I was like, I guess this is a good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you did something with him because I was just going to like dragon them. hoard them forever. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Just falling out of your car every time you open the door. Just yeah. one random one. Wow. <laughs> <sighs> Okay, so Cecily, um, to Gabriel's terrible joke, responds and basically just is like, well, this horse saved my brother's life. So, like, yeah, I like this horse. He's pretty cool. (laughs) Awkward. Stupid. Bet you didn't think about that. (laughs) So then after that weird shit, he just finally comes out with it and asks her if she's going to leave now. Like, now that all this shit's happened... You know, since she only came there to bring Will home, and that's obviously not happening because he's in love with Tessa, and Tessa will just go wherever he is. And 
this is exactly where I was going to bring up what Robin said. Like, everyone's just, like, aware of it now. Everyone knows that Will loves Tessa. Like, where did this happen? Cecily knew. You're absolutely right. But, nope. When did everybody else find out? Did they always know? And now they're just talking about it because Jem's gone? Like, I don't know. I think that might be it. I think it might be, like, everyone noticed, but, like, they were all waiting for it not to be awkward. Yeah. It's still awkward, guys. (laughs) Always. Yep. I know. They're all acting like it's not awkward, but anyway, whatever. So Gabriel points out that if Will wants to continue to see Jem moving forward, he's going to have to be, like, stay a shadow hunter since Jem is a silent brother now. And Cecily just, like, barks at him and basically says, like, dude, tell me something I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, no shit, Sherlock. I love That's how basically feisty what she, she is. <laughs> I know. Love her. And he's like, okay, okay. Well, I thought you might go home if Will doesn't. So, like, gosh. And Cecily is, she chills out a little bit. She's like, okay, I understand why you would think that. But, um... At this point, like, I would be expected to get married soon anyway, so I'd be leaving my parents. So what's the big diff? You want me to leave or something? Is that what's going on? (laughs) And no, obviously. Gabriel's like, no, I'm scared that you will leave. (laughs) Don't leave me. (laughs) So she tells him that the first time, um, when she first arrived to the Institute, she thought the Shadow Hunters were a bunch of motherfuckers. (laughs) (laughs) she'd be able to convince will to go home but gabriel has helped her realize that his father didn't give him a choice about his life and forced him to be everything that he wanted him to be and her dad gave them the choice i guess like her okay her dad chose to leave the shadow hunters to marry their mom and regardless their parents would want will to make his own decisions and be happy and so cecily knows that she also has the choice and she has decided to stay Hmm. did that make sense kind of anyway you guys read it you get it (laughs) (laughs) so gabriel's like really and never see your parents again it would be against the law but Cecily ain't no little bitch. She doesn't mind breaking the law, breaking, breaking the, the law. law. <laughs> so with that, Gabriel decides to make his big move and kisses her because breaking the law must be his jam. Uh-huh. And so she's so into the kiss, but eventually she pulls away just to give him a rating like he did with her training skills. Cold hearted bitch. I love it. What's great is she gives him a five. <laughs> like, where is your kissing experience? <laughs> How do you know? <laughs> you don't know what she was up to in Wales or in York. Yeah, that's. <laughs> yep. So they make awkward kissing jokes about kissing, and then we're taking back to taken back to Will going into Tessa's room. Sophie is there braiding Tessa's hair so that it's not a rat's nest when she finally wakes up because she's doing so much tossing and turning. And Will asks how she's doing, and Sophie tells him that she's doing basically the same, but she's been calling out for her brother, which is just crazy. Like, 
after everything that's happened, her mind is still going to him. It's mm-hmm. sad. Um, Sophie decides to, like, she starts to leave the room to give Will a chance to be alone with Tessa. But before she does, she apologizes to him for thinking that he was a piece of <laughs> shit before. <laughs> but he kind of was. So, Yeah. Um, she's basically like, we all have to do, like, you thought you were doing the right thing, basically. So I get it. And he doesn't really say anything. Maybe he says thank you, but I don't know. He just kind of like, yeah, like awkward. (laughs) So Will takes Tessa's hand and he's like, I think he's saying out loud, like he's remembering the first time that they met, telling Tessa that, um, like reminding her that she had told Will that hell is cold and covered in ice. And he's like, isn't it ironic? No. Wouldn't it be ironic <laughs> if you die from the fire of heaven? Because the first time we talked, you talked about how cold ice or hell is. And I, yeah, <laughs> crazy. Love it. I feel like that's something that um, is awesome to tie together from the very first start of the story mm-hmm. all the way to the end yeah that was awesome that's a so um good circular story she telling. takes yeah love it um tessa takes a deep breath like <gasps> you're right it would be so ironic <laughs> if she's just awake now <laughs> no she takes a deep breath and he wonders if um she can actually hear him and his hand tightens on hers oh my god what is it? One hand gripping the steering wheel, the other gripping your thigh. Oh. But the person's holding a chicken thigh instead. <laughs> I was waiting for the punchline. I knew it wasn't anything sexual because this is coming from Robin. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is too awkward. It has to be a play on words. <laughs> I don't oh, think that's, that's actually how it does it. But I, anyway, I got to go feed my cats. Okay, so... Um, <laughs> Will pleads with Tessa to come back to him and he tells her that Henry guessed that since she had been touched by an angel, trademark CBS Incorporated, she's most likely dreaming of heaven and it's probably like super awesome, but Will needs those uh, TPS reports and he's going to need her to come back. I'm going to need you to work this weekend. (laughs) I'm going to need those reports on my desk. Okay. Tessa stirs at the sound of his voice. In um, playing love interest roulette, she lands on Bachelor number one and calls out for Jim and opens her eyes. Tessa's doing that thing when you're like doing something mindless or monotonous where you stare off into space and completely disassociate yourself with the earth for a few minutes and you're looking in a specific direction, but you're not really seeing anything. You know, and it's like everything's just blurry, but you're in a spot and you're just, yeah. Yep. You ever do that while driving? Yeah. All the time. Yeah. And then you're like, how the fuck did you're I like, get home? It's like that wow, song. How did I get forever. here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, God, shit, I hope terrible. I wasn't sleeping. <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> I remember I fell asleep at a red light once because I was out partying all night and stuff. Crazy. Dude, I can't tell you how many nights or how many morning afters I was driving home and was like, I don't remember that at all. (laughs) Take the wheel. Yeah. Yeah. (sighs) Tessa continues talking to her ill-fated fiance. 
apologizing and saying that it's all her fault. Will panics, but wants to keep her talking since, like, this is the first time that he's seen her really sounding coherent. So he answers back, reassuring her that nothing is her fault. She squeezes his hand and goes on saying, why do you lie? <laughs> End quote. She then recounts all the crazy shits that's happened and why she can take the blame for it all, ending by saying, I was meant to love you and all I did was shorten your life. God damn it. Like Will's not feeling bad enough already. <laughs> right. Broskies. Will's having his Bon Jovi moment and he's like, shot to the heart. <laughs> But his big feelings aren't jealousy, they're sorrow. Of course, we come full circle with our recurring Tale of Two Cities metaphor, with Will explaining why he's Sidney Carton and how he would have died so that Jim and Tessa could have been together, and he's sure that Jim would have done the same for him, and they're living in a loving love triangle. And Will tells himself that he's strong enough to have this difficult conversation and lifts Tessa's hand. Um, like, I don't know why, but... He might have done something else with it, but I didn't write it down, so we move on. <laughs> and he's reminding her that life is for the living. Like, life is for living, not just surviving. And Jim chose love over years. Like, you just was mm-hmm. like, motherfucking YOLO, skeet skeet. <laughs> not skeet skeet. I don't know what that means. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, then yes. Then yes. <laughs> Yes, I, I meant imagine Jim. <laughs> oh, skeet, skeet. <laughs> I don't take it back then. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Tessa asks, where are you, James? Then says that she's been searching for him in the darkness, but she can't find him. She's like, I'm sitting here, Marco, Marco, when there's no fucking polos coming back at me, okay? I am pololess. She expected them to be tied together by bounds that cannot be severed. But when he was dying, she wasn't there and she never got to say goodbye. Oh. Will's like, I know how you feel because it literally just fucking happened to me. <laughs> Will tries to guide her out by asking what darkness and how can I find you? Like, what, what are you talking about? Tessa arches back on the bed and starts gasping. Then, um... Ends by apologizing to Jim for wronging him so horribly. Ooh. Will gets freaked. And if you've witnessed a night terror, you get it. Okay. Uh-huh. And then he calls out for Charlotte. And I am going to have parentheses here. A sidebar in the text. Okay. There's a sidebar in this amount of text. And there's a sidebar in the podcast. Okay. <laughs> so Will is reflecting on how when he had first come to the Institute, he um when he was like younger he was really scared and he wanted to cry but he like w- would not allow himself to do so so he'd walk the institute halls looking for comfort but like he's like oh, but i can't take any but i'm just gonna like walk around in the darkness and this line that he says just like it's right in the fields man okay so it's a quote Charlotte came running through the Institute as he had always known that she would come running for him if he called. Oh, fuck. Oh, my God. Can you just like. Can we not? 
Well, and it just, she's not that much older than him. So it's just, she's so amazing. I know, dude. And I love that he, like, I don't know. It's like he's always wanted to, I don't know. I don't know. I just, it's everything. Mm-hmm. He's always wanted to reach out. And uh-huh. now he's finally and now he able to, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, sorry. <laughs> so, like, basically with that, she, like, came running in. And once Charlotte is able to see, I see, I assess the situation. I see, I assess. Um, she realizes that it's like you can take off like panic mom mode and power up sympathy, empathy drivers. Okay. Like we can switch gears. And Will being much the teenager starts off by telling her that he's never asked her to use her position as head bitch in charge to help him, but he's going to do it now. He wants her to bring Jim to the Institute. This is a difficult ask for Charlotte, especially like after she just basically got a talking to by brother Enoch, like literally just happened. And she is already like, yeah, about that. I kind of have to stay in my lane. And the silent brothers are definitely not in that route. Okay. That is a detour and we cannot take it. (laughs) She goes on to say that the new initiates are not meant to leave the silent city for the first year. And Will's like, yeah, well, like, what about the battle? And she's like, that's Brother Enoch's decision. Like, it's not mine or hit. Like, what? Right. What? Yeah. Don't be dumb. Yeah. <laughs> Will presses on by saying silent brothers are supposed to cut their ties with the mortal world. And clearly the connection between Jim and Tessa is like soup strong. So he needs to come here so he can, like, sever the tie and she can come back. It's basically an Evanescence song. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. Charlotte answers with basically, eh, we'll see. But unlike me, she probably has more of a, like, chance of actually doing what she says. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe always means no. Yeah. I remember when Bren said that. I will never forget that. What? Coming down the stairs. Well, yeah, mom, every time when you say maybe, you really mean no. Yep. Yep. Like, she's got me. She cracked the code. We got five years out of this. Yep. (laughs) She did. Yeah. Moving on. And I mean from that scene. Like, in the book. The book moves on. (laughs) Bridget is singing again uh, about wounded lovers. And although she's basically, like, was a one-woman show taking down the automatons, Sophie isn't giving her a pass from being driven absolutely batshit crazy from her singing. And especially, like, dragging Will's name into her song. She's like, too soon, bro. Too soon. Okay? This is... You really have to? Inappropriate. (laughs) So then she's, like, basically kind of, like, talking to herself, thinking about it, and then gets shocked running around the corner because she almost runs into Gideon. I hate when that happens. Uh Uh-huh. You get startled by somebody. And I think, anyway, anyway, he's basically what he's doing is traveling the corridors looking for her because he wants to tell her goodnight. He's like, what's got you smiling, boo? Because apparently she's like (laughs) bitching about Bridget, but she has a like grin on her face. And she's like, oh, it's just Master William. And like his character development over the series. And, you know, she's feeling empathy for him. And life is just cray. You know, it's just, it's just wild, man. (laughs) 
And then they talk about how they both feel bad for him and wish Jim could be there. They're like, same. Mm. Sophie, <laughs> it's giving sadness. <laughs> <laughs> Sophie then tells Gideon how she's worried about Charlotte, all the stress, plus Henry's health, plus the baby. Mm-hmm. And Sophie's just really concerned about her. Gideon totally loves how thoughtful she is and suggests that she go talk to her. And when she tries to protest, he's like, ah, 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 you're not her maid. You're her friend. She would want to talk to you. Sophie takes her betrothed advice and goes to the (laughs) drawing room to see Charlotte, who is sitting in the cold and dark. And she's just vibing with her stress, man. They're having a moment. Yep. Yep. Sometimes you just got to be in it. Yep. Yep. You pull up into (laughs) your driveway or garage and you're like, I need five minutes. Definitely have done that once. The or five twice or minutes, ten. man, of mm-hmm. just yep. peace and fucking quiet. And if you interrupt it, it starts over again. <laughs> Dude, I drive home often without the radio on because I'm like, I just need to be numbed uh-huh. by the silence, uh-huh. bro. Yep. yep. Sophie <laughs> is nervous and she's having a hard time navigating where she fits in at the Institute. She thinks about how two days ago she was. Like, she and Charlotte were fighting by each other's side, and now she's just a maid again. And I was like, yeah. But then I was like, wait, same thing for Bridget and Cyril. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like, it's got to be weird for all of them. But I, mm-hmm. and I And I feel like Sophie has a closer relationship. Number one, because Cyril and Bridget are new to the Institute anyway. Yeah. That's fair. Um, yeah. But, like, it's – and this is the first time – I'm assuming Bridget has fought before in other situations, and I think this was Sophie's first, I like – I would assume so. You know. She was so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you might bring it up later, but I have to talk about it just in case you don't. And I'm remembering it right now. So it's mentioned at some point that after the whole thing that happened, they all went back and ate like cold chicken again. <laughs> right. And like bread or something. But like, I don't know, like somebody at least had to get that out of the fridge. Like Bridget did all that fighting and still had to go make sure that everybody ate. That's just such a mom thing. <laughs> yep. She's the default parent. No, yep. that's Charlotte. I don't know. Bridget's like a fucking robot. I don't know where her deal is. Yeah. Dude, she's an automaton. <laughs> um, ba-bum. I lost my spot. Okay, anyway. She's thinking about all of her shit. She's like, fighter. Now I'm a maid. I'm engaged to a shadow hunter. Like, I have all this stuff going in my life. And then so she's like, this is what I'm going to do. She's like, excuse me, miss. I saw you from across the room. <laughs> I got to admit that you got my attention. <sighs> and then she has to apologize for interrupting because she is hashtag relatable. Mm-hmm. But Charlotte tells her she isn't interrupting anything important. And when asked if everything is all right, she like gestures to the open letter on her desk. Which I shall read to you now. Finally. I feel like she's just like, ugh, this. (laughs) Go ahead, read it. Fuck. Yeah. Fuck. I can't even explain it. You just have to know. (laughs) You had to be there. It's too far. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The letter says, Mrs. Branwell, comma. Have you ever had to, like, read something when someone's done? And you'd have to say the punctuation out loud. Anyway, no. oops, this is not the Kendall, guys. It doesn't scroll like that. Considering, oh, stop, you done. 
It was an off. That's what I put in there. I was like, know, how did you I'm know that? Because I, I knew I was going to panic, but I couldn't figure out where it was. <laughs> Considering the nature of the correspondence you had entered into with my late colleague, Consul Wayland, you may well be surprised to receive this missive. The clave, however, finds itself in the position of requiring a new consul, and when put to a vote, the foremost choice among us was yourself. I can well understand that you may be satisfied with the running of the Institute, and that you may not wish the responsibility of this position, especially considering the injuries sustained by your husband and your brave battle against the Magister. However, I felt it incumbent upon me to offer you this opportunity not only because you are clearly the desired choice of the council, but because, given what I have seen of you, I think you would make one of the finer councils it has been my privilege to serve beside. Yours with the highest regard, Inquisitor Whiteclaw. Oh, damn. That's his name. <laughs> yep, definitely. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, it, things have changed so quickly. She goes into one little tiny battle. Yeah, And I now all it. of a sudden she is... The best pencil ever. You know what I don't understand? And I don't, maybe this is some, I don't know. But like, if the consul has terms, why doesn't the Inquisitor? Oh, I would have thought they were both the same. Yeah, but he just, but the way he said that, like, that he's served with. Okay. So like. Things that make I don't know. Home. I feel like the Inquisitors are like King Henry's wives. <laughs> Divorced, bred, and survived. Like, I don't know. <laughs> oh, King Henry, oh. I was. She's the other Boleyn girl. Yeah. Oh. I, I have no way. I, I don't know. That don't is know. a very good question. Maybe okay. we can Wikipedia it later and see if there's something in there. Let's do it. Wiki yeah. wiki. Okay. Sophie is hyped for her bestie, but she's getting a very monotone response from Charlotte. And I also love that Sophie has this very real reaction to the news where she's like, oh, no, the Institute without Charlotte. How is this going to affect me? Oh, my God, that's sad. No. No, this is big news, and I'm so happy for her. Slay queen. Like, no, I don't care about myself. That That's very, like, you have that mm -hmm. moment. Yep. Anyway. Sophie tells Charlotte that there is no one more deserving than her for this position. But Charlotte begs to differ and saying that it's her fault that Henry's all, Pain! I can't feel my legs! It's from Major Pain. I don't Anyway. Did you not watch that? No, and then he breaks his finger. <laughs> it's like the little engine that could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> Sophie tells her that she's being ridiculous. And, um, like, she's sure that Henry doesn't blame her. But Charlotte doesn't need Henry to blame her for her to feel bad, okay? She can do that all on her own. She's an adult. <laughs> She doesn't want the responsibility of sending shadow hunters into battle where they could die. And Sophie's like, as my good friend Amanda would say, you sound like a real bummer. <laughs> that girl is wise. <laughs> Being consul would mean that you could stop bad shit from happening. Like, also, like, if you wouldn't have gone to, like, Idris, 
then a bunch of other shadow hunters would have died. So what the fuck do you think about that? Huh? <laughs> what do you think about that? And Charlotte's like, damn girl, how did you get so wise? And of course, Sophie says she learned it from her. Only she calls her ma'am instead of Charlotte. And um, she's not having it anymore. And she's like, Sophie, as a future shadow hunter, you need to start calling me Charlotte. And just so you know, we're going to bring on another maid so she can like help you. And then you can get ready to prepare for your ascension. And Sophie's like, thanks, dog. So like, are you going to take the job? And Charlotte says that she will on three conditions, which are number one. She wants to stay at the Institute and lead the clave from London. That way she doesn't have to move her family and like the gang's all here. Okay. Everybody's together. I mean, together. it sounds like that's where the council was before anyway, really. Right. I mean, yeah, he wasn't he at spent the Institute, most of his time he was there. in London. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Breathing down Charlotte's back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Number two, she's going to train Will to take over the Institute and him being in charge is included in her condition. It's included in number two. And the third is the shyest surprise. <laughs> so. All right. <laughs> I I mean, I'm obviously a Will fan. And I'm stoked that she wants Will to take over. But I feel like if I had to choose someone, I would hurt Will's feelings potentially. But I think Gideon would be a better choice. But that's just me. I guess he's a Lightwood. And it's been not that long. Yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah, yeah maybe, maybe he needs to let the air clear a little more. Yeah, on that one. one generation. Yeah. <sighs> okay. Um, did you correct the chapter titles, Kristen? Okay, good. Because I did not. Do yeah, that. thanks. Me neither. I only did the last one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So make sure that you've read chapter 23, Than Any Evil, for next week. For behind-the-scenes content and the latest updates, check us out on Instagram at Podcast. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.